1: Kindled Podcast is brought to you by the generous support of our donors. If you want to join them in making this show possible, visit kindledpodcast.com slash give. Welcome back to another episode of Kindled Podcast, a show about work, motherhood, and the grace we need for both. I'm your host, Haley Williams. Join me as I talk with women just like you. They are entrepreneurs, corporate employees, stay-at-home moms, and everything in between. We chat about work, mom life, and how God's grace is transforming us through our unique and beautiful stories. Love for God and perseverance for our assignments is kindled in our hearts as we look to Him and preach the gospel to ourselves and each other. We are making and being made. Come join us. Hey guys, welcome back to Kindled. This is episode 50. So for today's episode, I have something a little bit different. I am going to be chatting with my friend, Lauren Gilmore, about not only her own story as a working mom, but we're going to be talking about something that's kind of a topic uh, related to Valentine's Day. So for today's episode, we're going to venture from our traditional expositional teaching and episode format into the topical. Nobody get upset. Nobody leave. Good old Kindled is still here, but we wanted to do something special for today. And if anyone is rolling your eyes or snickering under your breath, then you appreciate a good church joke as much as the next girl. And I love you right now. Thank you. Please don't unsubscribe. But before we get into that, I have a fun announcement to share with you. You guys, I'm really excited to share with you today that Kindled has a new sponsor and it's a product that I've used myself and love. In fact, today's Sunday, and so I'm going to be prepping my meals for the week. Do you know what I'm talking about? Prep dish. I'm excited to share this with you because it's something I use in my own life, and later on, I'll tell you how you can get a free two-week trial. Okay, now for my conversation with Lauren. Lauren, welcome to Kindled.
0: Hello, hello. I'm so excited. This is my official first podcast ever, although I podcast, I listen to podcasts every day, but I've never guessed. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I so am happy to be your first and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm so excited to be talking with you today uh, specifically because we've actually just never really had a real life in-person conversation. We've done a mm-hmm. lot of Marco Poloing or a lot of texting, but yes. it's always like listening after the fact. So mm-hmm. just so the listeners kind of know, so I, I found you through you know the wonderful world of Instagram.
0: -hmm. And,
1: you know, realize like you love Jesus, you have a business, you have nice makeup all the time. I was like, I gotta follow this girl, you know, she's she's aspirational. I've gotta see what she's doing. (laughs) And since I am now expecting a package of your very own makeup to arrive on my doorstep any day, which is amazing. But we discovered something that we had in common, and that is what kind of led us to start chatting a little more about the topic that we're gonna cover today. So You can go ahead and share what it is that we had in common and what we're going to do today. Okay.
0: So we figured out that our movie, our favorite movie of all time is You've Got Mail. Mm -hmm. And if you've seen You've Got Mail, you just know how magical it is. And so we thought we wanted to talk about something on the podcast and we're coming up on Valentine's Day and we were like, how cool would it be if we could touch on romantic comedies? For women and talk about them through like a biblical lens perspective and kind of bring up like Christ's attributes and Mm -hmm. what we can find as Christian women as we're watching these types of things. So we could just throw out quotes from the movie all day long, but we'll spare you.
1: Right. (laughs) Yes, I know. It's going to be so fun though. Um, And yeah, I'm really excited. So we've actually been throwing this idea around for a couple months Mm -hmm. and are finally now making it happen. Okay. So Lauren, before we get into that conversation, I would just love for the listeners to get to know you a little bit more and ask you um, a few questions. The first of which is, can you tell me about what motherhood looks like for you and introduce me to your family?
0: Yes. So motherhood, probably looks really similar for me as it does for a lot of women, but I'll just explain about my family first. I was married to my high school sweetheart. We've been together for quite a while, but we have been married for 13 years. My husband works in the healthcare system and we also co-own a franchise called Kona Ice. Have you heard of the shaved ice truck, Kona Uh Ice? Yeah. So we own, we co-own that and we have for about four years. So that keeps us pretty busy too. We have three little ones. Lael is 10. Karis is seven. And our little man Creed is four. And it's a busy time. Like I do lots of laundry and give out spelling words and clean up Mm -hmm. crumbs off the floor. And I taxi drive my kids to and from piano and theater and, um, church Mm -hmm. functions and everything. So just like a lot of moms.
1: Um, wait, okay. That's I, uh, I don't, I didn't know that. So you guys, did you found Kona Ice? No, no. So we're a franchise. franchise.
0: We own a franchise. So the founder, he made it available to franchisees to purchase Mm -hmm. a a franchise within the Kona Ice company. So we did that like four years ago. So now we have three units, we have trucks and we do fundraising at schools and weddings and anything you can imagine. So it keeps us busy. Needless to say, like, on Kona Ice Day, when we come to the kids' school, they're the most popular
1: kids at the school that school. Yeah, they're like, give me <laughs> their the- like, me hey, their Yeah,
0: yeah, I want the big one. That's awesome. So now oh, it's it's one. really grown over the past four years. So now we have employees that work for us, and it's not nearly oh, no. as much manual labor as it used to be. It still yeah. is, but yeah. not nearly as much. So, um, awesome. so all that to say, and we're yeah. active in our church, so we are running everywhere.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: I feel like I'm in a constant battle to fight for family time. And sometimes fighting for our family means taking a stand against the ways our culture tries to drain family life, because I feel like there's like a glorification and busy a lot of times and Mm -hmm. you want your kids to be in everything and you want them to be the star on the basketball team. And I although we feel like those things are super important and our kids want to be a part of everything they're involved in. I just find that I have to constantly be refocusing and I don't know, just protect that family time. So
1: yeah. any
0: time we do have together is so crucial. So, uh
1: so that's a little bit about me. That is that is um, you know, a stage that I'm not quite to with activities and sports and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, we're getting into activities, but they're like daytime things still. But I know as they get older, they mm-hmm. shift to, you know, yeah, like yes. games and evenings. And yeah, that is it's kind of a scary thing for me because I'm I like um I'm an introvert, so I mm-hmm. recharge by like downtime and being alone and, mm-hmm. and not being go go go, even though I I do also tend towards like Overfilling my schedule. So that's kind of a problem. But I think I'm a little nervous of that time of just like, what is that going to mean? Like, how am I going to make, how do I say no and make sure that I'm not just like being, you know, lame mom who doesn't want to do anything? Right. You know, like, how, what, what does that right. balance look like? And I'm sure I can't answer that for myself until I'm there, but.
0: Yeah, you'll you'll know. And I actually I called a mentor friend of mine who is at a later later stage in her life. Her kids Mm -hmm. are in high school. And I literally just had this conversation with her the other day. Mm -hmm. I said, I feel like we are running like a hamster on a wheel. And I said, please tell me. I said, from the outside looking in, I'm watching you with your kids. And it looks like they've been able to be involved in tons of stuff. They thrive Mm -hmm. in anything they do, but it still feels like you're able to protect family time and just teach them about what's most important. And she said, you know what, Lauren, I looked at some of the things like if I put Creed on a t-ball team at four or five is what we're doing right now going to affect him like four or five years down the road, Mm -hmm. not necessarily, you know, like things that are going to build on top of each other, like piano or something. Mm -hmm. If I, if we take a year or two off, Yes, that will put them behind. But are we still able to like help them out with basketball and baseball on their own as as their parents? Yes. So, mm-hmm. and also eternally, like yeah, or, what they're doing, it, one day when we stand before the Lord, is he going to look and be like, tell me about Karis's basketball game? Yeah, How's, how's Creed's swing? You know, right. like, yes, on like our earthly mind right now, we feel like that stuff is just, Of most important. And we want them to do that kind of thing. And there's nothing wrong with that, but whenever Mm -hmm. it is just out of um, fear, uh, uh, yes. And like the balance is off. That's when I feel like as a mom, we have to just reshift our focus there. So that's kind of like the stage we're in. We're Mm -hmm. two, our oldest two are in all the activities and Creed is getting ready to be. So it's like, Mm -hmm. we're, we're not even at the most busy we're going to be. So, but I'm just reminded that we have grace every day mm-hmm. and we're going to fail and, and mess up as moms and we're going to put them in things that they thrive. And we're going to be like, that was a mistake. Let's not do that again. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And even I like looking back, you know, there were things that were, I tried every sport in the book. I was, I excelled at none of them. I liked some of them more than others. Mm-hmm. And some were like, I'm like, why did I waste two years of my life playing basketball? Some because I was yeah. the worst. I played two minutes in my whole basketball career <laughs> and I showed up to 5.30 a.m. practices, you know, like five days a week. I'm like, why did I do that? What What was mm-hmm. the point of this? But I mean, and not that there isn't, you know, there was spiritual growth. There, there was maturity right, right. and character and all of those things. So I'm not saying everything yeah. is a waste, but you know, sometimes we don't know, we don't know as parents or as kids, like what is going to be the most impactful for me. So,
0: right. And as parents, when we're paying for lessons like that, we're not necessarily paying for them to go play basketball or be in theater. We're teaching them about how to be in front of an audience, how to speak when spoken to how to gain a little bit of confidence yep. mm-hmm. around adults, you know, like right. I, I do see so many benefits outside of, you know, so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I don't care about the ballet ballet performance as much as I care about you conquering a fear that you're so right. afraid of right. anybody watching you. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. like this is, yeah. You see those other skills being developed and, um, and children learn through play, you know, they, they learn through like, sure. activity. Yeah. So, anyway, they do. So then what does work look like for you?
0: Okay, so I'm going to kind of tell you, I'm going to rewind before my current work that I'm in right now to kind of tell you how I got here because mm-hmm. most pe- that's the fun part of my story. So um, I'm a former middle school teacher. I used to teach sixth and seventh grade reading and I was in the classroom for about six years and always knew that I loved to teach. And once I got into the classroom, Um, my husband and I started feeling just stressed financially about I felt like we were paycheck to paycheck. And so I started selling a long lasting beauty product just like on the side. And I thought if I could just make some extra to cover my student loan payment each month, that would be amazing. So on my planning period and after school, I would package my orders and work my business anytime that I had free time. And so little by little the business started to grow and the idea of truly being able to contribute financially to our family and have the freedom to be to be more available to my family didn't seem so far off so mm-hmm. as a teacher you only get so many sick days so many personal days and if i would have if my son would have a preschool activity field trip i couldn't go because i would have to take a day off and it felt like i was constantly battling my duties at school as a teacher and my mom duties. And I would come home exhausted in the evenings and drained. And my family got just what was whatever was left over. And I remember praying, Lord, if there's something else that you are asking me to do, would you just make it clear? And It was this time, like I know I was in the classroom for a purpose. The time I was there, Mm -hmm. I loved on those students. I made, I know the Lord allowed me to make impact on them. And even most of them, I still have contact with almost daily today and they're in high school now. And so I know that was not, Mm -hmm. that was not a lost time. I was there for a reason. But I believe that the Lord just kind of started loosening the soil around my roots in my teaching job. And I didn't really want to pray for him to just take me out of my current situation. I prayed, Lord, if you want me to be in the classroom, please make me so content where I am, like make it so clear that I need to be here. Mm -hmm. If you don't and you have something else for me, then please open those doors and make that clear. Mm -hmm. And so he did that. He was faithful in that. And at the end of that year, I was able to resign from teaching and start working from home doing what I do now. And so I can honestly say the work I do now is just an extension of what I did in the classroom, but now it's to women. So I'm teaching them things about the business and how to do things. And I feel more energized instead of drained at the end of the day, which is pretty cool. So the Lord did immeasurably more that I could yeah. ever ask or imagine. And he's allowed me to use my gifts in this mm-hmm. business to shine his light, which is yeah. what I want. So,
1: Yeah. I just, I mm-hmm. do want to say that. I think you're right that he is using the things that you are specifically gifted with. And I don't even know you that well, but I just from the way that you engage online from the way that you share both truth and your favorite lipstick, it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> that actually is really that's a really unique quality to find in someone that it's that it there is transparency and authenticity and it's not it doesn't feel like selling because you're not really selling you're just like sharing something that you love and so you're sharing like the podcast that you love while you're also okay. sharing how you do your makeup and it's like we are whole people we are not only you know little theologians that don't also have to wear clothes you know what I mean right. like we we're both we're <laughs> yeah. like kind of we are whole and I I love when people kind of address like life from a holistic standpoint, instead of like, I'm going to only talk to your head or I'm going to only talk to your body. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So,
0: right. I'm more than just a mom and I'm more than a follower of Christ. And I, I also have hobbies and passions. And so I, that's what I want my social media to be. I just mm-hmm. want it to be a place where they can come and get to know everything about my life. And I feel like it is so noble as women whenever we see something that has worked for us or we really like and, or we fail at, and we're like, Hey, I learned this. This might yeah. be something that you could do in your life. Mm-hmm. And so I just try to do that. Just yeah. to share what's work works for me and
1: what I like. Well, it, you're doing a good job. It's oh, thanks. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun to watch. I, like I said, like I was watching you do your tutorial and I was like, I love your makeup what do I need? Tell me what I need. Mean. <laughs> Tell um, me all the things. <laughs> yes. So I'm so excited to try it out. But And then where are you seeing God's grace in your life?
0: Oh man, he has definitely shown his grace in our marriage. That's probably a whole nother podcast episode, Yeah. but we have, you know, for years fought the, my dad's a pastor, I should say that. So it was all about we needed to uphold a certain standard and um, I feel like we can look so shiny on the outside in our relationship and everything looks Pinterest perfect, but inside we don't, we were dealing with things that mm-hmm. were too taboo to talk about in the church. And so mm-hmm. he has really shown us lots of grace in our marriage. And mm-hmm. and what's cool is I've been able to use that in my business, women I've come across and. I'll just share like, Hey, I talked to my husband this way last night. It was a complete bomb. And I realized this is what I said wrong. And I should have said it this way, this way. I should have rephrased it. So then I just share something like that on social media and women are like, you know what? I'm dealing with that same thing. Yeah. I, can we pray together about that? Like Mm -hmm. that's the kind of doors he's opened for me through social media, which is pretty
1: cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would love for you to touch on that a little bit more. Um, how you have built your business kind of around your your social media following, and you know, and how you've done that in a way that, like like I was saying earlier, that seems and, and feels really authentic. How okay, how, what has guided you in that process? Okay, so
0: I started blogging. I'm using my air quotes when I say that. I started a blog way before I even became a teacher, like as a creative outlet, and but with that, it's kind of like a behind the scenes, you're going to type out a message. And I feel like that's kind of cold in a way. And Instagram stories are you in real life. And so it can take any, any person can type up a beautifully written message. Any person can curate a really pretty photo that's, Mm -hmm. you know, filtered and everything, but it takes a real person to be able to hop on Instagram stories without the puppy dog ears or the cat ears and talk about real life and share their struggles and things like that. And so I try to keep it light. I don't want to talk about heavy stuff all day long, but Instagram stories have been a really cool way to connect with women and um when they feel like they know me and they're inside like when i'm going with my kids to the movies and when we go to dinner at Hibachi or where, wherever mm-hmm. they feel like they know and love and appreciate mm-hmm. my you know my yeah. outlook on life or whatever and another thing i share is my like aha aha moments whenever i'm doing my quiet time or my scripture mm-hmm. study and i have a lot of great feedback on that and so
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's a big big way that I've been Um, able to use social
1: media. I love that. Yeah. When you said um, they feel like they know me, you're touching on one of those three. um, Well, actually you're kind of touching on all three of the things that have to be in place for someone to purchase. They have to know, Mm -hmm. like, and trust you. And so you're doing that through Instagram Mm -hmm. and a lot of businesses that I work with, like in my marketing and web design business are struggling with sales or clients or growing their business because they haven't understood that actually getting sales or getting new customers is not primarily about the transaction of like, what are you, what are they buying from you? It's about, Mm -hmm. do they know you and like you and trust you? And if that's the, if that is in place, you don't actually have to sell a thing. You know what I mean? Like it just, it materializes because you have something that somebody needs in the universe. And when the timing is right, it just happens. And so Mm That sounds like an oversimplification, but I just think that so many people and businesses are missing that. And so when someone is doing it really well and everyone's like, oh my gosh, like, why are you so successful? It's like because you're cultivating real relationships. That's,
0: yeah, that's more about that. And another thing is if my customers are my, Instagram followers come to my page and they only see me talk about the products that I sell, mm-hmm. they're going to get turned off by that. So what I have to remember is, am I giving them value? So like yeah. last week, I think it was, I went through and created a series of Instagram stories and made it all pretty on my favorite app over app, which if you guys don't use it and you're a business owner, you need to, because it's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. They should pay me um, for how many people I've referred. <laughs> to do,
1: you, do you have the paid version of over? I do. I have the pro. Yeah, Yeah, I know. My my free trial expires today. So I'm trying to decide, do I need to buy the pro? Do I need need
0: to get it? Yeah. Okay. Okay, For the listeners out there, this is an app where you can create graphics and cool like video Instagram stories. And what's neat is you might be a mom that doesn't have a business where you need something like that, but you can make the most incredible birthday card or birthday invitations for your kids and Christmas cards and stuff like that. So anyway, I made podcast recommendations and I went through and I talked about not only the podcast that was my favorite, but why it was my favorite, what I learned from it, the type of woman that would probably be, would gravitate towards that one. Mm -hmm. And so that's me trying to give my readers value so Mm -hmm. that they're like, okay, I didn't, I didn't make any money off of telling you about these podcasts, but Mm -hmm. that's something that I really love and think you would too. And so that's another way that they're going to, yeah and building and trust
1: yeah, and and yeah. showing and like and self identify helping your ideal customer or your ideal follower self identify and go yeah i am that woman she's describing oh right I should be following mm-hmm. you you are exactly who i need do you know mm-hmm. what i mean so it's just yeah. it all serves the same end but yeah you you use all these different tools to do it so i think that's awesome mm-hmm. i want to take a quick second to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode prep dish if you're listening to this show, you are likely a busy mom who has to figure out what your family is eating for dinner tonight. You guys have heard me talk about this before, and honestly, I have never been one for meal planning, much less meal prepping, but Dish is changing that for me and my family. It's my new secret weapon for healthy, stress-free meals. When you sign up, you'll receive an email every week with a done-for-you grocery list and instructions for prepping your meals ahead of time you'll do your chopping and mixing ahead of time, leaving you with zero decisions to be made at dinner. So for example, this week, a couple of the meals that I prepped to make for my family are flank steak salad with roasted sweet potatoes and chicken with peanut dipping sauce, sesame broccoli, and brown rice. You've heard me say it before. My complaint with meal planning is what if I don't feel like eating that thing that night? Well, with PrepDish, that is no longer a problem because I can pick from any of the prepared meals that are in my fridge ready to go. And guys, listen to this. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. You cannot beat that. Check out PrepDish.com slash Kindled for this amazing deal. PrepDish has gluten-free, paleo, and keto options. Again, that is PrepDish.com slash Kindled for your first two weeks free that is plenty of time to try it out and see if it's going to make your afternoons and evenings less hectic and less stressful and more delicious. And then I just the other thing I really wanted to to have you speak to for one sec before we jump into our romantic comedy stuff is how you have differentiated your business within the larger brand.
0: Okay, so with my company, we have the liberty to brand ourselves and that allows for great individuality. Now, a lot of girls really love that idea. A lot of girls are like, whoa, I have no idea how to brand myself. So that can be like a blessing or a curse. I tried really hard to put the blinders on in my business because it's so easy to go and look at what other people are doing and Mm -hmm. think you need to be a carbon copy. Now, I'm a firm believer in watching other successful girls and seeing what they're doing to get inspired. Yeah. But if it comes to a point where I'm hopping on social media and I'm looking at them and I'm consuming before creating, that's a problem. So mm-hmm. that's something I talk to my team about a lot is uh, what I mean by that is if I go consume someone else's content, someone else's Instagram stories, all the fun things that they're doing, mm-hmm. what what happens is I kind of have analysis paralysis or I I just don't do anything at all and I'm like I'm never going to be like that and then the comparison game happens. So what I've done is I may be inspired by someone and if I find that I continually go and watch their stuff first, I I just unfollow for a while. Yeah. Until I can get back my mojo and you might have to go old school or like super basic and get a pen and paper and just brainstorm things that you want to do for your business yeah. because what do we do as women as soon as we get an idea we're like I really want to I want a cute outfit to wear this weekend. And it's like, we can't come up with an outfit ourselves. We have to go to Pinterest and see what other people are wearing mm-hmm. to see what I want to wear, you know? Yeah. So,
1: and it doesn't really I don't want, want, help you a whole lot. Of time. Yeah.
0: I don't want my creativity to be stifled. Yeah, It, it can be great, but sometimes mm-hmm. we just go and all we do is consume.
1: Yeah, and we, we create because it's like in that example. You go to Pinterest, you see some adorable outfit. You're like, oh well, I don't have a leather jacket or mm-hmm. um, fake leather leggings, so I can't wear that. So therefore, mm-hmm. I can't be cute right. and I'm not creative. Yeah. And it's like you don't even go look mm-hmm. at your closet that is full of hundreds right. of things that you could wear or be creative with. And like exactly. yeah, you, it does really dampen that that creativity mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah. I, I wanted to ask about that because there's a lot of women listening who do have businesses. Mm-hmm. that are you know that are within a larger brand whether it's oils or makeup or cleaning products or or something you know that are really trying to figure out how do i differentiate myself how do i like you said add value what is the unique value and differentiator that i bring as mm-hmm. as a partner as someone that they're going to come alongside and ask for help or advice or what would you do yeah. with this or how would you what oil do i need for this you know emotion right. or whatever So
0: every woman that has a business or just a mom in general, I don't know, they deal with things in their daily lives. They have a failure. Something happens that another woman out there has probably also dealt with, Mm -hmm. but we don't talk about them a lot of times. So I have really tried to take every argument or sanctifying marriage moment as an opportunity to teach and share what I've learned, not like an I have arrived kind of way, Mm -hmm. but like one beggar telling another beggar where they found bread. Because (laughs) most of the time, yeah, if it's something that I've dealt with in my marriage or in motherhood, another girl has also dealt with that. Mm -hmm. And again, that's another way to kind of bond your followers to you
1: Mm -hmm.
0: in in an in more of an intimate way.
1: Yeah. So do you feel like I mean, and maybe this is situational, but do you, have you found a good balance of like what your husband is comfortable with you sharing versus what he's like? Yeah, not so much like, or there's
0: never, um, like there are some, I never want it. I never want it to be like, I'm glorifying sin that there's a, there's a balance that needs to happen there. And I have been able to share things in our marriage without going into the nitty gritty details publicly. Mm -hmm. And so I think he appreciates that. And he truly does trust what I put out there. And and another thing about my husband, he doesn't have social media and he never has, doesn't really care to have it. And so I let him read everything I, everything I write, but yeah, but yeah, he's not on there.
1: That's funny. Mine is the same way. He got rid of Facebook over a year ago and he's barely on Instagram. I mean, I don't even know yeah. why he's there. He's there mostly to look at the videos of the girls that I post out the day on like my personal, <laughs> so, but, um, yeah. And some people just don't feel the need to be there. I mean, some days I'm like, yeah. if I didn't have businesses, like I might consider doing away right. with some of these platforms because mm-hmm. it can be, it can for sure be a source of comparison. And, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, I think it's just as simple as truly like what you said, Well, one, of course, like know what your heart is and and do check your heart when you are Mm -hmm. scrolling. And I try not to consume that much, honestly. Like Mm -hmm. if it really is for business, you don't have to consume a whole lot. You, you might have to put stuff out there, but you do not have to scroll for hours. Now, like that Mm -hmm. might be your choice. Um, And if you are seeing stuff that is bringing you down, then you need to unfollow. Like I've unfollowed Mm -hmm people in the web space or the digital space, like in my city that I would compare myself to and go, well, mm-hmm. they're doing this and I'm doing, you know, mm-hmm. I just, and yeah. it, I'm not missing out on anything. I'm not missing out nope. on a single thing. So nope. yes. If
0: I go, if I scroll like five or more pictures where it's just not adding value to my life, mm-hmm. I just hop right off. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah. Like, If it's not, if it's not bringing me closer to the Lord with my walk, if it's not making me smile or, yeah. you know,
1: Yeah. And stories are so fun for that because it is Mm -hmm. a lot more like entertaining and engaging than just like whatever that person, like you said, like the photos are so easy to just be misled. Um, and of course like the videos could be too, like someone could be really putting hours into like their production of their Instagram stories, but most people aren't, at least I'm not following people like that. Like I'm not looking to like celebrities to tell me how to feel about myself. So exactly. Okay, good. I, chat. I
0: don't think I follow a single celebrity. Just that's a little no. side note. I don't
1: think I, I follow any of them. <laughs> I do. um, And I need to unfollow them because it's honestly literally worthless. Like the content that they put out is like, I'm not going to name names. But there's just one that yeah. I'm thinking of that is like, seriously, like I, in my brain, I forget that I could unfollow on some of the mm-hmm. stuff when you're just like kind of mindlessly like, what the heck? Like, why am I looking at this? You know, and you're just... Then I I tend to hop off instead of unfollowing, which I should unfollow. I should like dedicate a day of my life to unfollowing everyone that I'm following except for- Let's make that a national holiday. Let's do it. (laughs) Unfollow Friday. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's jump into the topic uh, that we are excited to share about. So like you kind of mentioned at the beginning, we discovered our favorite movie was Mm -hmm. You've Got Mail. I would even argue it's the greatest movie of all time. And I would say- Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would argue that. I told yeah, that to Joey last night. That. He was like, uh, and I was like, no, it just <laughs> don't even go there. So I, you know, I think that rom-coms and chick flicks often get a bad rap in kind of the current Christian thinking and criticisms and, and with, you know, with good reason, they are obviously known to be entertaining, lighthearted and fun. There's always like that reliable plot line of kind of boy meets girl, boy loses girl, and then boy gets the girl back. And Mm -hmm. there's usually a happy ending and it can be really easy to write them off as like totally shallow and empty. But we kind of want to challenge that thinking that there's nothing meaningful to be gained or there's no truth available anywhere. And because a lot of us also enjoy watching them. So then what do you do with that? Do you say, you know, it's either all bad and I just got to write it off as my entertainment or can you kind of redeem what the secular is putting out there and what Hollywood's version of romance and love may be showing you and look for those redeeming elements in the movies. Yeah. And I
0: like to say, like, let's put our biblical perspective goggles. If you can put those goggles on and look at everything out there in the world, that's going to shape
1: how you act and think and what you believe, you know? Yep. hundred percent. So let's kind of, we have some examples that we're going to get into in a second, but before we get there let's talk about what is good about rom- romantic comedies and kind of what are some of the the things that we see that that might be possible to be re- redemptive in these movies um okay yeah you one thing
0: i was thinking of um yeah. just about every romantic comedy we've seen there's like you said there's some sort of conflict which the woman and the man are incomplete in some way and they mm-hmm. are looking to complete themselves. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Typically they're looking to complete themselves with the other person. Right. So that right there, I mean, we, no one is complete Mm -hmm. outside of Christ. So, but a lot of times we don't look at it that way. We look at, Oh, well, it's the happy ending and the man is what completed them. So Mm -hmm. that must mean that in my own life, my husband should be the one to complete me. Mm -hmm. And we know that that's false. We can only find true fulfillment in our marriage relationship. If we have both of them in our Christ yep. me relationship. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. There's usually a a big focus in romantic comedies that true love is out there and it exists and it's possible in like, once you find that true love, like you said, you will be complete. And it's offering women this hope that there is someone, someone out there just for her and as believers, we can look at that on the surface and go, well, that's just really misleading. Like, not everybody is supposed to get married. Not everyone does get married. Not everyone finds true love. Some, you know, people get divorced. There's affairs. There's all of this brokenness surrounding romance and marriage. And, but what I'd like to say is, like, while that does appear at, on the surface to be misleading, it is actually true that true love mm-hmm. does exist. And mm-hmm. there is someone out there just for you. But that person is a person of, the Trinity and the God and you know, the God that created you and not a man.
0: We're part of the greatest yes. love story ever. Yeah. I mean, and we are incomplete, not enough lacking mm-hmm. in ever since the word and it's in him. We find that we're complete. Um, is it Ephesians Ephesians two, four, um, but God being rich in mercy, because of the great love which he has showed us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with him mm-hmm. by grace. So yeah. and the next few are really good too. But it's we're complete when we are together with him.
1: Yeah. And so that that uh it, it does ignite a sense of that longing for, you know, intimacy, that longing mm-hmm. for being known and being loved. Like that is what everybody ultimately is after. And that's what chick flicks are capitalizing on that. We all do (laughs) desire to be known Mm -hmm. and loved. And you just got to find that right man who is your soulmate or who gets you and just like, you know, is the equal and opposite of everything you are and you fit Mm -hmm. together and you know, all of that. And so I think that it's actually helpful, even though we know they give us the wrong answer. I think it is helpful that they point out the need because you know, the other option would be to be apathetic or even to believe that like true love doesn't exist. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. Everyone's so messed up that there's no hope. And just to be completely kind of uh, hopeless in your, Mm -hmm. in your thoughts on what we were created for. And like, really every man is so selfish that nobody can ever, you know, find anything worthwhile on this earth. Everybody is completely out for their own, gain, which is also kind of true. But it's helpful to identify that like that actually is a problem that we have. We Mm -hmm. do desire to be known and loved. And you can't have that solution unless you recognize there's a problem. So Mm -hmm. I think it's helpful in that sense. Yeah. Absolutely. So then what's wrong with most chick flicks? And we kind of already have touched on it, but Mm -hmm. what what's the problem here?
0: Mm. Well, they're looking for love in all the wrong places. A lot of a lot of times Mm. it's out I don't know, it's relationships outside of what should be only marriage. <laughs> yeah. And the, the one, the beautiful thing that the Lord has created and ordained for us, we're kind of twisting it around to be unnatural and outside of that mm-hmm. natural way that he has given us to enjoy one another. Mm-hmm. And anytime you twist it and make it, I don't know, make it to be what you want it to be and define define that relationship the way you want to define it, it's going to fall short. Mm -hmm. So that's one major one, I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's like this idea that we are at the center of the story because that's Mm -hmm. what romantic comedy shows us is this woman who is like the leading lady and kind of, there's a Mm -hmm. Cinderella story. And when ultimately we know that God is the center of the story, Mm -hmm. he's the center of the narrative of the gospel Mm -hmm. and 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 our happiness is not the most important outcome. It's actually right. his glory. Like that's mm-hmm. the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But the funny thing about that is that what is best for his glory is also best for our happiness and also best for yes. our good because yes. he created us. And so when we are glorifying him with our lives, the way we're living and the desires of our heart, like we will be the most happy. Mm-hmm. And so man, you know, you- yeah. Let me
0: give you a cool story. This is real life. This is from a time in our marriage that was, we were ash basically. Mm -hmm. And I have a mentor friend of mine who said, Lauren, at this point, like just go and leave, go and go and be, be a mom to the kids, go and do your thing. She said, but what would happen if you do that? The world's going to look at you and say, She is just such a good mom. Oh, she just pulled herself up by her bootstraps and she just made it happen. And she is such Mm -hmm. a strong woman. Who's that glorifying? That's me. Mm -hmm. It's glorifying me. So what if I stay? And what if we push through the hard right now? Mm -hmm. The world is now going to look at that situation and say, "Uh, there's no way that Lauren and Kyle did anything to make that work. That's totally the Lord. So what happens is it gives him glory instead. And so what we want a lot of times is for us to be the center, like you say, and we Mm -hmm. want to be the ones glorified and we want everybody to talk about how great we are and our right decisions. And that's not why we're here. So I just remember that being such a pivotal moment in
1: just my marriage. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. I I haven't, thought of it in those terms, but you're right. Like it, 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 it does glorify. And that's what the world tells us is kind of the greatest good is like, like putting ourselves on the pedestal and like seeing how beautiful and shiny and resilient we are even, you know, even the good things about like the one who, who might've made that choice, can be so easy to idolize or turn into the greatest good. Like the the most important thing about me now is that I am my own hero, you know, and that's what the world wants to tell us and sell us. And, and romantic comedies definitely give you an opportunity to do that Mm -hmm. for sure. With a lot of the storylines, they also give girls, and you kind of mentioned this, like a strong idea that the physical attraction they have to someone is the primary indicator of love. And that they are in love because they just kissed you or now they Mm -hmm. want to sleep with you. And while that is often present in our early stages of relationships, you know, like the first time you hold, hold someone's hand, like I remember the first time I held Joey's hand, like there was a spark. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is something, there's something happening, (laughs) but it doesn't like. It's not the primary indicator of love. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it is. You know, often there in the beginning to kind of start the engine, but it can't keep the engine going. Like I think yeah. you know, you've been married for thirteen years. I've been married for almost eight years. I think we figured that out by now. Like the right. physical attraction, like <laughs> it is not always there. And many times you're like, what? are you like what, literally <laughs> Who what am I married to right yeah. now <laughs> what are those shorts throw them in the trash right? yes. <laughs> so, you, you don't
0: match at all he, yes. he actually tells me that I don't match and he is way more of a stickler on matching
1: than I am well okay, you know what that's just because he doesn't understand style you don't have right. to match to have good yeah, style come on it's
0: true okay so I don't know if we're gonna go ahead and jump into you've got mail but you I want to a point I have about you've got mail is exactly what you're saying. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. So one of the great things, like we put so, like you said, we put so much stock in outward Mm -hmm. physical appearance and about a person. That's not what brought Joe and Kathleen Kelly, Joe Fox and Kathleen Kelly together. Mm -hmm. It was the fact that they got to know the personality and their humor and their interest and their passions. Mm -hmm. So they were totally behind the screen communicating through email and knew nothing about their hair style, anything. So yeah. yeah, you're right. That's what I thought was so cool. One of the things about that movie.
1: Yeah. And so they, they felt like they did know each other. They were, they were, you know, they were definitely getting to that point of feeling like we kind of know everything about each other, except for what you look like. And, <laughs> and then of course, you know, the, the meet cute happens and um, she doesn't know that she's meeting him, except he mm-hmm. knows that he's meeting her. And I want to ask you now, listeners, if you haven't seen You've Got Mail, you're just probably going to have to turn this episode off right now Mm -hmm. and go watch it because this isn't going to mean a whole lot to you. But if you've seen it, then you're like dying inside with happiness that we're talking about this. Um, (laughs) But so do you think that at the moment that Joe sees her through the coffee shop window, you know, he brings his friend. He brings them, you know, with him and, like, he's looking through the window and then he's like, it looks a lot like Kathleen Kelly. And he's like, that's because it is Kathleen Kelly. Do you think at that moment that, like, Joe Fox realizes that she is the person that he has been talking to online and getting to know and really loving her soul and who she is, even when he sees, like, that is, like, my worst enemy in business, Do Mm -hmm. do you think it all translates and he realizes, like, I dang it. I love you. Or do you think that it like, I,
0: I think he immediately was conflicted with, I really like who she is as a person, but she is my mortal enemy and she doesn't Mm -hmm. want me to have the caviar garnish. Mm -hmm. And so I think he grows to love her whenever he has that outside perspective. Like he knows it's her, she doesn't know it's him and they go together and go to the coffee shop together and they go pick out flowers and Oh, and of course, that's when he got to know her, I think.
1: Yeah, of course, like this is too ridiculous. Like of course the the writers of this movie know what they were doing, but the book she's reading on the table is Pride right. and Prejudice. Is Pride and Prejudice, which, which is, is all about the exact yes. issue we're talking about of like, you know, uh, who, pride. who has, yeah, who has right. so much pride they can't even see that that's the thing, stopping them from loving this other person who they actually really enjoy or, mm-hmm. you know, or is it prejudice because of social class or mm-hmm. well, you're kind of like you're over there. So I wouldn't even give you the time of day. Mm-hmm. Um, or you must be too proud of who you are for me to even be kind enough to like, get to know you. So. Yes, and
0: think about Kathleen, like her homely little quaint shop mm-hmm. and he, there he is, the yeah owner of the mega yeah. store so there again you kind of have a uh, i yeah. don't know she's like elizabeth
1: a... bennett and he is Mr. yes Burson. yeah yes, yeah exactly. oh, i love it so much this is why it's the greatest movie because that exists like the fact that it even references it which i also love pride and prejudice so oh my goodness yes there's that but um yes I, if,
0: if my husband ever used the word incandescently you make me incandescent happy.
1: <laughs> it's like done. I'm done. I know. But like, would we, or would we be like, Oh, stop it. You're, you're doing that hard. on purpose. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's like not I, that want, easy. I want that to be so
0: natural for you to say, but let's be real. Yeah. We're, it's 2019. Right. <laughs> so
1: Oh my gosh. So yeah. And like you kind of brought this up, but those, you know, it starts the whole, the title of the movie is you've got mail and those three little words are, and she's narrating it in the beginning and, uh, talking about how those three words, like they give you this feeling and idea that there is something just for you written for you specifically, mm-hmm. you are so important and valuable that there is a message waiting for you written by someone who gets you. And mm-hmm. I love that because like, that's true. That's true. That. There is a message for us written by someone who gets us and who more importantly has the answer to all of those things we talked about that need to be fully known and fully loved. And that message is the word of God, Mm -hmm. if you didn't catch the reference. (laughs) Um, And so I just love that, that that is kind of a theme that we see throughout you've got me. Mm-hmm.
0: And growing up, you know, in a pastor's home, I heard all along that that was the greatest love story and the greatest message and mm-hmm. that message was for me and until recently on my social media, I just kind of opened up and said, "Guys, like I grew up in a Christian home and I feel so under equipped and I feel like my Bible knowledge is not where it should be. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have a grasp on the big story of the Bible. It's Mm -hmm. like I know the story of David. I know Daniel and the Lions and all of the Sunday school stories, but they're like floating over my head and I can't solidify them on a timeline to fully understand them. So I feel like the Lord just like helped me go on this quest. And it's, I mean Matthew seven seven, seek and you shall y'all ye shall find, knock and the door will be open to you. Mm -hmm. And I was just seeking Mm. I need to know, I need to understand this story. And so I would encourage any woman out there who's like, I know that's the greatest love story, but really like, I don't know it intimately. Yeah. Yeah. Go and get yourself the seamless Bible study by Angie Mm -hmm. Smith. I, Mm -hmm. I went over that on my Instagram stories on my account. It helped me so much. She uses little pictures and graphics and things like that. And I'm a visual learner yeah. and it helped me so much just to mm-hmm. understand where everything fits. And so now I feel like I have a deeper love for mm-hmm. that story and I continue to yeah. because now I, I, I get it a little yeah. more. Than I did. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: I've heard of that one. I, I haven't done it, but I would love to do it.
0: Yeah. It's good.
1: Yeah. Another good one when you were talking about like the bigger picture of the Bible is uh, the Jesus storybook Bible, which yes. I don't think I'm blowing anyone's mind when I mention that because I'm sure you guys have all heard of it by now. But even just reading it to my kids, it makes me tear up because it's Mm -hmm. like every single story of the Bible, all those Sunday school stories that you know and have heard, they point to him. Every single story is the good. The gospel is the point of every narrative. And so, you know, it should work its way into every single story in the Bible, because it actually does. And it should work its way into every story that we see in our life, which is what we're talking about today with these movies. And this, this idea that actually, if there's anything that rings as true to you, even in secular, secular culture, there's a good possibility that it's true, but it's been twisted. And so how can you look at that thing that's twisted and untangle it and unmangle it from like the world and Hollywood's whatever they're trying to push on you, whether it's like sex outside of marriage will make you happy or, or this other thing over here is is where it's at. This is the answer to Mm -hmm. everything you've been looking for. There is actually some good meat there that can be, you know, that can be really helpful in in seeing like, well, this is why the world is looking for this here because Mm -hmm. there actually, it is written into our DNA that we need that and that we are looking for it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So then like after he finds out who she is, I really like that he is kind of patient in the way that he tries to win her over mm-hmm. and, and woo her to basically fall in love with him, <laughs> but in, in the timing and in the way that he knows she needs, because she's mm-hmm. very prejudiced towards him and does not like him. And it's like, literally please leave. I don't like who I am when you're, when you're around, like get out of my face, like mm-hmm. kind of patient and he doesn't let it d- deter him, but he keeps pursuing her. He keeps pursuing mm-hmm. her.
0: Yeah. I like that too. That actually isn't a point in the notebook. If we're going to talk about the notebook mm. that yeah. Yeah. That bring it in. You can, you can did I bring that one into. Okay. So if you guys know the story of the notebook, another great classic too. Noah continues to pursue Allie and he writes her letters and chases after her because of his deep devotion for her. And there's a verse Psalms 23, six, your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. So mm-hmm. there's a point when Allie is suffering. Is it is it Alzheimer's that she's yes. mm-hmm. Alzheimer's. Okay. And she didn't even know who she was. Yeah. And even in rejection, Noah continually reaches out with patience. Mm-hmm. And so there's times when we are rejecting Christ and we're rejecting that message. Mm-hmm. And he stands at the door and knocks. Yeah. So yeah. He continues to pursue just us. like yeah. Joe yeah. Fox. And Joe Fox pursues Kathleen.
1: Yeah, and he shows up at her apartment door with daisies, <laughs> her favorite flower. He knows, you know, he because knows they're the friendly, flower. they're the friendliest flower. Yes, they are. <laughs> oh man! And speaking of the Notebook, I saw that movie when it came out when I was sixteen, mm-hmm. and I I can't remember who I went. I did go with one of my friends, so it was a girl, which was a safe space. And I remember <laughs> like it ended. Sorry, guys, if like what fifteen years old. So. Don't be mad at me. I'm going to spoil it for you. It ended with them basically dying together, right in bed at the same time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean it's a little creepy when you think about it, but Mm -hmm. I mean by that point you're like overall creepiness. You're just like so wrapped up in the story, and Mm -hmm. I was weeping in the theater, like literally, Uh, I could not pull my crying in my popcorn. Yes. And I just remember, like, that was the first time I had really wept in a movie theater. I think I was probably around 16 Mm -hmm. and was just like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's it's not the kind of thing that I watch over and over. Like, it's not for me, the one that I'll watch every year. Whereas I watch you Got Mail probably twice a year. Right. But it it was still a really great story.
0: Yeah. And there's, there's a point, probably one of my favorite lines ever is when Noah says, it's not going to be easy it's going to be really hard. We're going to have to work at this every day, but I want to do that because I want you and I want all of you forever. Like Mm -hmm. his devotion to her. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was such a cool picture in the marriage relationship because it's not going to be easy. It's not easy. And we, we want to pursue each other every day because we want each other, not whenever, not Mm -hmm. just when it's convenient, not just when we're being nice to one another, We, we need to love each other, even when it's hard. And so I, now that movie also has a lot of things in it that aren't necessarily pictures of what marriage Mm -hmm. should be. (laughs) Like, let's be honest about that. But, but there are some, there are some really cool truths in that.
1: Yeah. I think it's what's important here is to recognize that it's really easy you know it's really easy to point out what's wrong with all of these movies but it's harder it takes some practice it takes some like you said like kind of looking through that lens learning how to see the good learning how to see the bigger picture and and not just to see the good for the sake of seeing good but so that it reminds you why these stories pull at your heart like why do, why are you drawn to them? Why are you drawn to romantic comedies? Or you just love a good love story? Like, or you just, maybe you're someone that maybe you don't watch the movies, but you read books and you're just, you find yourself kind of, you know, insatiably like going after the next story, the next story, like it's somehow going to ever be enough. And Mm -hmm. the point is that, you know, none of these stories even comes close to the beauty and the sacrifice and the true love that God has shown us by sending pale in comparison. Every,
0: every one of these examples are very,
1: (laughs) minute. right? Yeah. They're just like, they're shades, they're, they're Mm -hmm. shadows, but, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that we can't look at them And, and even as a way to like engage our friends and maybe you have girlfriends over or neighbors over like other mom friends and you're having a movie night or you're talking about it and you're like, yeah, you know, what do you, what do you guys think about, why do we like that so much? Or what do you love about that movie? Like what kind of, what does it speak to your heart and and what is it saying to you that, that feels like true or good or noble or, you know, it's a good way to like start conversation. It's
0: a great conversation starter. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. The one other thing I was going to say is uh, he meets her where she is at. So like they meet in Riverside Park at that little, you know, They have lunch in the park and Uh he kind of just, he meets her where she's at. So Uh I like that picture of, you know, it just reminds me that God meets us where we are at.
0: Yes. Here's another one about the first look in the park. Think about what heaven will be like when Mm. we, the person we feel like we've intimately known, like we have that first look Mm. with him and our reaction is going to be even better than Meg Ryan's.
1: (laughs) because He's
0: our beloved. Now she has that's probably one of the coolest acting moments in a movie because Mm -hmm. she goes through, I think like five or six emotions at one time. She's like really confused. She's really excited. It's him. She's mad that he has done, you know, that he's pulled the wool over her eyes and she, I don't know. It's just so cool. And she knows that that he
1: knew the whole time. And she's like, it had to be you. Like I wanted it to be you I so badly. I wanted it to be you so badly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you love it so and, much. And all of our hearts just burst into a thousand yeah. <laughs> uh, it's,
1: it's the best. Ugh. And okay. The one other thing that I hadn't even really thought about until last night, actually, as I was thinking about this was how much they both found their identity in their work. I mean, we are unkindled mm-hmm. after all. They both like, right. he really found a lot of pride and sense of identity and, and who he was because of his dad and his name and this, this huge company, Fox books, and his name is on the building. It's just kind of narcissistic. Mm-hmm. And then she also found a lot of identity in her heritage of inheriting her mom's bookshop. And yet that actually folds and she has to close and she kind of has like a little bit of identity crisis, like what am I going to do? This is, who am I now? Yeah. Who am I now without this thing? And, um, so I just liked that that was a theme and, and might be part of why I identify so much with both of them because Mm -hmm. that's often me. And I'm always, you know, learning more and more in different ways, like how my identity is. So I, I so readily attach it to the things that I'm doing or my Mm -hmm. work or what feels like my reputation or what I'm good at. And, Mm -hmm. Neither of those things ended up actually being what the other, what, what either of them wanted in the end, you know, it Mm -hmm. was like something outside of that, something outside of what they could create or do. Mm -hmm. So in my notes, this says, this is why it is the greatest movie of all time. So say that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um end of story yes here. end of story but yeah i think the point here is just chew the meat spit out the bones like mm-hmm. notice mm-hmm. the themes w- that that ring true and and obviously you know use discernment like we would never say just watch every romantic comedy there is and they're all great and there's good in everything like there's definitely movies especially that are being created today like you've got mail is like 15 years old 20 years old i mean it's old Mm-hmm. um, there's movies coming out today that have no redeeming qualities at all. Like there's yeah. nothing redemptive, like 50 shades of gray. Sorry. I don't think there's anything redemptive in there. I don't, no. I've actually never seen the movie, but I would imagine based on what I know, there's just really, I don't think that it's worth like looking for truth in a trash pile. You know what I mean? Like right. you're not of, find something. Yeah. A pile of burning garbage. Like maybe just, you know, look for truth somewhere else, but yeah. Chew the meat and spit out the bones would be kind of my takeaway. Any takeaways from you?
0: Same. That's yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. I, I concur. I concur. Well, I love, um, love this conversation. And yeah, I guess as a final thought, the, if, if any of you are like, okay, cool. But like, what is this narrative that you're talking about? What is this? What is the gospel? Um, if you listen to Kindled, you've heard it before, but it's, you know, let's look at what God's plan for love is. It's that we were created to be in an intimate relationship with our creator. Sin ruined that. And so God formed a rescue plan in sending Jesus to die for us. And because he lived and died and then rose again, we can have abundant life on this earth in relationship with him. And then also for eternity in heaven. And that's the gospel. That's the good news. So yeah, Lauren, thank you so much for doing this. This is super fun. I had so much fun. It's so much easier to like gab about topics with uh, someone who also finds these things very entertaining. So thank you.
0: I love that we're soul sisters. You've got male soul sisters. Yes,
1: we are. All right. Well, thanks. (laughs) Oh, and then by the way, you need to tell people how they can find you. Where Where are you online if they want to come? Oh, yeah. And all that. You
0: can follow me at Lauren Ashley Gilmore on Instagram, and then I also have a Facebook page where I do some live videos and fun Mm -hmm. stuff over there and it's Lauren Ashley Gilmore on Facebook too
1: okay yeah perfect all right thanks for coming on Lauren thanks all right guys I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lauren and I hope that it will um, remind you that you can always put on those gospel lenses to see anything through it's important to stay awake or stay woke, as the kids are saying these days. And um, I actually don't know if I'm using that in the right context, but I do not care feel good about it, feels right. Um, Before I sign off, I want to ask you to not forget if you have not left a rating and review on the podcast, please do that. They are super helpful in helping other moms like you find this podcast and listen to fun episodes like this one. So please do that if you have not done it. And oh yes, next week I am going to be talking with Rebecca Brown, who is my personal and business CPA. PA and tax planner and strategist. And she has got a ton of really helpful and informative information for us regarding starting a business and all related to kind of the tax and financial implications, liabilities. We talk about LLCs. It's, um, it's a very fact-heavy episode for you guys who like practical advice and want to kind of beef up your knowledge. And it's February. So people are starting to think about their taxes and getting all of your tax documents from last year, turning those in, all that is happening. So it's a good time to kind of refresh, especially if you are a business owner, which a lot of you are. Rebecca's awesome. You're going to really like hearing from her, but you can look forward to that episode next week. All right. I will talk to you guys then. Have a good week.